Welcome to the Remnant Godcast. Thank you so much for tuning in on this Monday. Very, very important Monday. Lots of things going on in our world. We're going to cover some of those things and also talk about uh, a rising epidemic that I see, and that is people in ministry that are unfortunately committing suicide and uh, depressed. And so I want to just address those things as well today. But first, let's get to some of the headlines. First of all, thank you for tuning in. Uh, If you found us for the first time, I want to welcome you to the Remnant Godcast. And uh, I have had a hard time finding the time to do the show every day, but I continue to pray about how we can advance this program because there are people listening and uh, it's important that we have uh, the show because we cover topics that a lot of Christian radio and uh, other people in the church are for some reason not covering. And I'm not going to sit here and be the, um, the judger of the church because that's not my job. Uh, but I do think that uh, we need to talk about these things. They're important subjects. Uh, they're relevant for this hour. I think a lot of people are interested in these topics. And the reason being is because we need to stand together as God's remnant church. What is the remnant church? That's just people that believe in the Bible and are willing to stand for the whole Bible in 2019. Uh, Believe it or not, that's actually uh, a revolutionary act in this hour, to stand for the full Bible. It's unbelievable, but it's true. Uh, People don't want to preach the full Bible. In fact, I've talked to pastors here in Los Angeles that say, well, we we don't preach that part of the Bible. We don't talk about that part of the Bible. And I just look at them and say, what do you mean? That, that's like um, so foreign to me. What do you mean you don't preach or talk about that part of the Bible? Because we're, we're commissioned as ministers of the gospel to preach the full gospel, to preach the full Bible, and to stand for the word of God. And that's the authority in Jesus Christ, because the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You can find that in John. You can find that in Genesis, right in the beginning. So obviously God felt that it was an important thing to talk about, his word. And uh, the Bible also says, don't change my word. And yet a lot of people today are trying to change what the word of God says. They're trying to change our stance on certain very important issues like marriage. And uh, unfortunately, that is a lie from the pit of hell. And I just tell people, look, because they say, well, you know, that's hateful or you're not inclusive. It's really caused me a lot of pushback in my life. I'll tell you guys that. If you don't realize that or if you haven't stood for it in your own life or maybe you haven't been public about your views, as a person who has been public about this and simply standing for the word of God because that's what God has commissioned me to do as a minister of the gospel, it's caused me a lot of flack. I'll just say that. You know, when I think of the term flack, you know, World War II, flying over the the, uh, war zone and you would get flack, you would get enemy flack, you would get you know, uh, anti-aircraft fire. Well, that's what it feels like, you know, is that we're getting anti-aircraft fire as we're over the target and the enemy's mad and he wants to shut us down. He wants us to be silent and we refuse to be silent, not because, uh, you know, we want to be a rebel or because we're out here, you know, trying to get a name for ourselves or anything like that. That's nothing to do with it. What we're doing is we're standing for righteousness because we know that it's the truth that sets the captive free. And that's why we speak on these issues, because the enemy is defeated as people become more aware of the truth, as people are, as the the, uh, truth community says, red-pilled. That term comes from the movie The Matrix, if you've never seen it, where somebody took the red pill and all of a sudden was able to see clearly what was going on in their world and step out of the matrix. Well, that's what we do every day is we're awakening people and we're doing it by telling them the truth. 
because the Bible says the truth sets the captive free. And there is authority and power in the name of Jesus when we speak the truth. And so that's why we do it. We don't do it for any type of reward here on earth because like I said, I get flack. You know, I, I've, I've had financial, uh, you know, things that I could have gotten a lot of money for taken away from me. Uh, jobs taken away, positions taken away because of standing simply for the truth in this hour. And so pray for us. And if you can, support us. It's on our website. You can go to at uh, Todd Coconato. Send us on Venmo, at Todd Coconato, C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O. Or you can pay on PayPal. Just go to toddcoconato.com. And uh, right there on the bottom, there's a donate button. If you can even get $5 a month, that would be huge. And I don't ask for money a lot, but I'm, I'm being a little bit more bold about asking because we need finances in order to push forward in this battle. And, you know, if you can give $2 a month, the more people that can do that, then we're able to, you know, push ahead and do this more often, have these shows every day. Wouldn't that be an amazing thing? And that's just one of many things that we want to do. Um, you know, we have rmntnews.com. Uh, we have the radio podcast that you're listening to right now. We have the Remnant Church in Los Angeles. It continues to grow. And uh, we're asking for your help because we're in a battle. It's an epic battle, a battle of epic proportions. And we are we're positioned and resilient in standing for truth and righteousness. We're not going to give up. So thank you for your support if you're able. And like I said, if, if, it's, a, if it's a Starbucks cost like of a, of a coffee, you know, a month, if you can just buy us one cup of coffee, $5, it's not really buying us coffee, it's helping support the mission. Uh, but it's, it's not a lot we're asking for. But if you are able to give more, that would be wonderful. And the more people that are able to do that, the more we're gonna be able to advance in this battle. And we are on the front lines and we're fighting. Uh, we're coming up to 2020, it's, it's gonna be an epic battle. I tell people it's not about politics. This is the battle between light and darkness that we're in. You see every day in the headlines over the weekend, Justice Kavanaugh was once again accused. And we found out this morning, the New York Times backpedaled on their story that it wasn't actually even true. Well, we knew, of course, that it was an accusation. Uh, we knew that it wasn't true because this is just the same rhetoric and the same lies that the left has been peddling for a long time. Why are they doing this? Because they want to try to influence people's minds their thoughts, they want people to have it subconsciously in their head that this man is some type of sexual predator or did some grotesque things, but yet they haven't been able to prove anything because there's no facts. They're just allegations and they want this man off the court because they'd love to see another liberal judge put in the court so that it can shape and craft our law for the next 20 or 30 years in our nation. That's why the presidency of Donald J. Trump is so important because you know, for one, just these court appointments. I mean, he's he's appointed more judges in his first term than almost any other president. He's revamping the court system and putting conservative and, and, and morality back in the courts. Uh, conservative judges, people that stand for life. And this is so important because it's gonna shape the direction of this country for years to come. Probably beyond, in fact it will, beyond even our lifetime. Um, it's that crucial and this is a very pivotal moment in the history of our nation and fortunately we get to witness this uh, you know people say well is this the end times I don't know I mean it, it sure appears like it is the Bible says in the last days it'll be like the days of Noah well we're seeing a lot of things that are similar to the days of Noah we're seeing uh, for instance you know the redefinition of marriage uh, the pushing of the gay LGBTQ 
agenda. And people, you know, they get mad at me when I say that. They say, well, you don't love gay people and, you know, they're just trying to live their life and why are you hating on them? I do not have anything against a gay person personally. In fact, I wish them nothing but the best and I have people in my life that are gay that I know that I would consider friends and people I care about. But I'm going to stand for the Bible. I didn't write the Bible. But it does say that it is an abomination. It's an abomination. Does that mean the person is an abomination? No, it does not mean that the person is an abomination. It means the sin is an abomination. Just like pedophilia. Just like uh, immorality when it comes to, you know, uh, having sex before marriage. Being involved in pornography every day, you know, or even once. I mean, it's a sin. Um, You know, adultery, fornication. All these things are sins. And we stand against all of them. We don't just cherry pick the gay lifestyle. We're talking about anything that the Bible calls sin. And uh, so I hope you understand that. And again, I didn't write the Bible. I am just the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. But we are going to stand for righteousness because we believe in what the Word of God says. Why do I believe in what the Word of God says? Well, because I've seen Jesus Christ in my own life. I've seen how He's changed me, how He's healed me, how He set me free from a life of sin and death. I've seen the realness of God in my own personal life. Have you seen that? Have you seen God do some miraculous things in your life? Have you seen him do things that only he could do? That's because he sits on the throne of glory. That's because he is the one and only true God of heaven and earth. He's God. He's Abba. He's Father. And so, you know, if he wrote something in the Word, if he put something in there, there's a reason for it. He didn't just put it in there to put it in there. He put it in there because this is the law of the universe. This is, this is the way that he's made things to be. And we are his creation. We are made in the image and likeness of God. We're not little gods, by the way. There's some people teaching that. But we are made in God's image. And we're filled by his Holy Spirit when we ask him into our heart to be our Lord and to be our Savior. And that's why we're in this epic battle. And, and so again, is it the end times? I don't know. But it sure seems like it could be. Because as we see the moral debauchery, as we see the the uh, decline of, of society, and we see the, uh, the injustice that's taking place in so many places around the world, persecution of Christians. Just look at China, for instance. Look at what's happening there. Christians in North Korea, Christians in, you know, in, in Muslim countries. Uh, you know, what happened in Syria during, during a lot of the civil war and the civil unrest that's taken place there in the last couple of years. The Yazidis, the Coptic Christians in Egypt, you know, there's been, uh, honestly, like a genocide of Christians going on in the Middle East that we don't even report on here in our news. Pew Research says that every year Christian persecution continues to advance. And we're seeing it here in the United States, but in a different form. They're trying to silence us. They're trying to censor us. They're trying to shut us down. People like me, I don't mean any harm to anybody. I'm not trying to, you know, hurt anybody or come against anybody or you know, I'm not out there, you know, all, I mean, honestly, what is Christ? Christ is love. What is his gospel message? It's the ultimate, ultimate expression of love. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have life everlasting. That's what he, he offers to us. So not only does he love us, but he loves us more than we will ever understand or comprehend. But it's important that we understand the truth of his word and we stand by it. And so, again, that's why I preach the gospel at a high cost. Anybody that's standing for righteousness out there, you understand this. It's a high cost. You're being persecuted. You're being targeted. 
And so I just want you to know we're with you. I want you to know that we stand with you. And that's why we call this the Remnant Godcast, because we are a group of believers that stand together for righteousness, for righteousness sake. Is this guy Kavanaugh, is he a Christian? I, I don't know. I mean, apparently he has a belief in God, and I believe that. But I think that he's being targeted, and I think it's a shame, and I think it's a lie and a farce. And uh, that's just one of the headlines over the weekend. Another one, very big, important one, was the bombing of the Saudi oil fields. Now, I put up a post, and some people are questioning me about it. They said, why do you think that this could be a nefarious thing that was done by the deep state? Because I said in the post, I said, you know, it's, it's a little suspicious to me, in fact, very suspicious, that John Bolton, who was just fired from the administration, who was a neocon, meaning he wanted to go to war. And uh, anyways, um, he was ousted from the Trump administration. I think it's a good thing. Tucker Carlson said it was a good thing. I believe it's a good thing. Uh, I didn't, you know, I never, I think John Bolton's a very smart man. I think he's a distinguished individual, but I think that he is a warmonger. He wanted to bomb Iran. He wanted to go to war. We've been in perpetual war, perpetual war since the turn of the century. Longest war in the history of the United States. We've been in Afghanistan. Very long war. And uh, we've, we've unfortunately given up a lot of lives. A lot of people have died there. A lot of blood, a lot of riches. You know, we, we've given up a lot to be in this war. What do we got out of it? What, what exactly is happening in Afghanistan? Well, I don't know uh, anything that I can see that there's good fruit from it. Um, it's just been a perpetual war where a lot of people have died and soldiers are constantly sent there to, to fight our, our young people. And uh, do we need to be there? President Trump's been trying to get out of there. The neocons want to stay there. Uh, meanwhile, China is uh, in that same country, not fighting in a war, but actually mining the rare earth minerals. In fact, China has so much of the world's rare earth minerals that they're mining right now all around the world. They're exerting their power globally and they're becoming much more of a global power. And here we are fighting a war in Afghanistan for what? Have we gotten anything out of it? Not really. Uh, what I found in my research though is, is that the poppy fields of Afghanistan are uh, utilized by the deep state to actually make money. In fact, the Bushes were involved in this, believe it or not. It's, 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 a, it's a rabbit hole to go down. But study it. Look into it. Look into uh, the poppy fields in Afghanistan and the poppy trade that leads to the opi opioid epidemic. Um, there's a lot of there there. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people think it's a conspiracy. But that's because it's really hard to find the information and to research this type of thing. But could it be that the deep state wants us in Afghanistan for a purpose? To protect their poppy fields? to protect Because we're not getting oil. We're not getting rare earth minerals like China. What are we getting out of this war? Why are we still there? The U.S. has troops in many places around the world. And we send our young people there. Do we want another war? Do we need a war with Iran? Why? What are we going to war with Iran for? What is the purpose of it? But the, the, the neocons like John Bolton are beating the war drum. And then all of a sudden, right after John Bolton is ousted from the administration, there's one of the biggest attacks. They're calling it like a Pearl Harbor moment. The biggest attacks on the Saudi oil fields from drones, apparently from the Yemen government, which is backed, the Houthi rebels, which are backed by Iran. Now, it could be. I'm not saying that it definitely isn't Iran because Iran is definitely a nefarious state actor. So it could be Iran. But it just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me that Iran would do that because they don't want a war. They're being heavily sanctioned and it's deeply hurting their economy 
And I think Iran wants to make a deal personally. And I think President Trump could be working through various back channels right now to make a deal with Iran. In fact, that could be going on behind the scenes. And I think it is just like what happened with North Korea. So to me, that's the more likely scenario. But I think the deep state, which is deeply entrenched around the world, that have uh, mercenary armies that they've paid like ISIS. I know that's crazy to think about that we would actually arm and equip an army like ISIS. But now information has come out through mainstream sources that we have in fact armed ISIS. And if you think about it, look at the headlines historically. We armed the cartels. That's what Fast and Furious was under a supposedly scandalous administration. (laughs) Non-scandalous, that's what Obama says. No scandals in my administration. What about Fast and Furious? What about Benghazi? What about the uh, plethora of other scandals that took place? Uh, the Arab Spring. What happened in Libya? I mean, there was so much there there. Obama was basically selling us out. You know, depleting and diminishing our military. Depleting and diminishing our stance around the world. He was going around bowing to foreign dictators. Talking against the United States. I mean, what kind of president does that? I've never seen that before. And yet people think that Obama was a good president. I guess they just don't know. They follow what the mainstream corporate media has said, which is basically a propaganda outlet. We know that. More and more people are distrusting the media. In fact, the the approval rating of the media is lower than Congress. People know that 90% of the media is controlled by a couple of a handful, like six different companies, corporations. And uh, it's propaganda. It's fake news, like the president says. It's the enemy of the people. People get mad at him for saying that. But the truth is, who's doing real investigative journalism these days? I'll tell you who's doing it. People like me, the alternative media. And so when I break stories like this, that we're arming and equipping ISIS, people think I'm crazy. But actually, I have vetted resources. I have people that have come out from the military that have told me, no, this is what's happened. They go off record. They don't want to be you know, uh, highlighted as the person who broke the story. They don't want their lives destroyed. But they're willing to tell people like me because they're hoping that the truth gets out there. Guys like John McCain were involved. Just look it up. Now, of course, you'll have Snoops, snoops snoops.com, that'll tell you it's not true. (laughs) Snoops.com, that's run by a couple, two people in their basement, started Snoops.com, ended up being liberal donors. Then they got a divorce, by the way. Two people. That's who are these people? Who's, Who's anointed them to be the purveyors of truth? But yet that's what's happening in our world today. And people are believing it. And because they have the mainstream corporate media on their side, there's still a lot of people that are deceived that don't want to believe the truth. How could we arm and equip ISIS? Why would we do that? Well, there's a nefarious agenda for globalism. There's a nefarious agenda to have a one world global government. That's their ultimate goal, to destabilize nations, including the United States, just like we destabilize the Arab Spring countries, just like we destabilized in the Orange Revolution in the Ukraine. We've been destabilizing nations for a while. That's our CIA. They're, they're, they're out of control. They're, they're not uh, doing the work or the bidding of the American people anymore. They're doing their own deep state agenda. You know, like the CFR, Council on Foreign Relations, like uh, the Bilderberg Group. You know, like those that meet in the, in the Bilderberg you know, so study some of these things. These are conspiracy. I know people want to label them conspiracy, but if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. You'll understand there's a lot more to this story. There's a lot more going on in the world. And if we understand and then contrast and compare to what the Bible says, it makes complete sense because the Bible told us these exact things would happen. 
So all we're doing is seeing the Bible come to life in all these different areas. The attack on the family. The, the, the push for a globalist government. You know, look at the UN. Some of their agendas. UN Agenda 2030. Look it up. I, I don't, don't believe me. Where did I get this information from? Well, whistleblowers, but also from doing a lot of research for almost 20 years now. And uh, unfortunately, I don't want to know this information. <laughs> It'd be a lot easier for me not to know this information, to be quite honest with you. Why can't I just encourage people, right? Why can't I just be one of those guys? Mr. Encouragement. Everybody likes those people, right? Those churches are full. But why is it the remnant churches aren't full? Because people don't necessarily want to know the truth, friends. And I'll go back to what I was talking about in the beginning of the program today. The rampant depression and oppression that's pervasive in the church right now. It's pervasive in our society. Young people are depressed. They're looking for answers. Why are they unfulfilled? And why aren't they getting fulfilled by going to some of these church services? Well, if it's just motivation, there's no power to it. The power and authority comes in the name of Jesus Christ through the blood of Jesus. The cross of Calvary, talking about the blood. You know, the blood that set us free, it's his blood that was shed, that was an atonement for our sins. You know, if we just go to a church and, and check in our time card, some of these mega churches, you're just checking in a time card. It's like, I'm here, I'm here. I went to my weekly church service. And then you, the people go about and live their life just like they did before they were saved. Are they even saved? I don't know. It's not really for me to say, but I'll tell you, you know them by their fruit. So a lot of people go to these services every week. They hear the, the great motivational message from the, you know, beautiful pastors that are like perfect, that their teeth are perfect and their hair is perfect and their clothes are perfect. And they look like celebrities themselves. They act like celebrities. You know, they got bodyguards. They won't even talk to their congregants. The congregants are like dying for a moment with the pastor. It's like getting around a celebrity. You got bodyguards. This is what's happening in our churches and we're exporting this to the world. Is that what a shepherd is? Is that what a shepherd it looks like? Well, that's what we're starting to think a shepherd looks like. But the truth is, no, it's not what a shepherd looks like at all. A shepherd shepherds his flock, goes after the one, leaves the 99. That's what the Bible says. A good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. He goes after the one. Well, we should be emulating him. We should be trying to be like him. If you're a pastor, you should live under the healthy fear of the Lord. That doesn't mean fear him like he's scary. It means fear him like we honor him. Not this, I am a friend of God. Hey, hey, best friend God that we've minimalized and put in this little box. How silly is that? God is holy. He's righteous. Look at what Isaiah said. He was undone in the presence of the living God who's holy and who's mighty. And so we wonder why this epidemic of depression, why do these people need all these drugs? Why do they need to be on all these drugs? Eight different medications, nine different medications. Is it even helping or is it making it worse? You know I'm speaking the truth. Who is it funding? Big, big pharmaceutical companies, you know? And the doctors are trained and told, this is what you got to do. You got to put this person on this medication. Put this person on that medication. Hey, listen, if you're on medication, I'm not condemning you or judging you. Hopefully it's helping you. I really do believe God did give us some medications. But here's the thing. You can't fix a spiritual problem with a chemical solution. God sets the captive free. You want me to tell you something? There was an HD whatever or whatever they called you, you know, multiple personality disorder, DID, whatever they they proclaimed over your life. I'm here to tell you we can de-proclaim that over your life. We can say, no, actually, you're set free in the name of Jesus. You know, Jesus sets the captive free. 
He said, you know, that we're going to be able to do what he did and even more. That's amazing because Jesus healed the sick, healed the blind, set the captive free, delivered people from demons. And that's what we're able to do. But no one's even preaching about it, it seems like. Or there are pastors, I have to say. I do know some real remnant pastors. There's some real remnant people out there. But I will tell you that a good portion of the church in America is what I was just talking about a few minutes ago. These celebrity-esque pastors that aren't, you know, aren't standing for righteousness, that are afraid to speak out on any issues. How many pastors do I know say, hey, I got three services, four services, but yet you never see them speak out on any of these issues that I've talked about, even in today's podcast? How many of them, I mean, have you seen posting about anything to do with any of these issues that we've covered today? Not a lot, have you? I mean, there are some. Mario Murillo's one. I love him. You know, he's a bold man of God, someone that I look up to. Somebody that I'm so appreciative to have in my, my life. But, you know, there's not a lot of people like him. You know, Rodney Howard Brown down there in Florida, good friend, doing doing the work of the Lord. Some people say he's he's extreme or whatever. I don't think he's extreme. I think he's standing for righteousness. He's bold about it. Thank you, Jesus, for, Mar- for Mario Murillo. Thank you, Jesus, for Rodney Howard Brown. And for the pastor, you know, look, there's many I don't mention. Many that are out there. You might be listening to this broadcast. You might be a real remnant pastor. Thank you. Thank you for standing for righteousness. You are a, a, a powerhouse in the kingdom of God. You are a mighty man of valor, mighty woman of valor. Thank you for being a remnant believer. I know you're out there. Look, I see the stats of people listening to the show every time we put out a podcast, and I marvel because I'm like, wow, there really is a remnant that people want to listen to this type of broadcast. There are people out there listening to it. Thank you, Jesus. But we have to be aware and understand what's going on. People, you know, this whole thing with Donald Trump, people say, well, you know, how do you support Donald Trump? Don't you hear what he says? Don't you see how he acts? I look at the fruit. What's he standing for? He's allowing us to have religious liberties and freedom. He's like a Cyrus-esque figure. I mean, he's not my pastor. I didn't elect a pastor-in-chief. But what I do is I look at the contrast and I see what the Democrats are standing for. I see what the, the people look. I don't even look at Trump as a Republican. He's just a man that decided to stand up and run. He was a billionaire. He had a great plush lifestyle. Look at that jet that he's driving around in before he was president. I mean, he had his own plane, jet plane. The guy could go play golf in Ireland if he wanted. Why would anybody subject themselves to the torment that he has to go through? I think he loves this country. I really believe he does. I really believe God placed this man, like the Bible says, in leadership for a time such as this. He's given us a reprieve season. Does that mean that we all rely on Donald Trump to fight our battles? Absolutely not. Does that mean that we look to him as a spiritual leader? No. No. This is when the pastors in America are supposed to be standing up for righteousness, being the head and not the tail. That's what our job is. Why aren't we doing that? I don't get it. I just don't get how we got to this place. Well, actually, I do get it because there was an infiltration of the church. There was an infiltration by nefarious actors like George Soros and others that decided, hey, let's go, let's infiltrate the church. Let's empower, let's place in as, as wolves in sheep's clothing, people into the clergy system. Let's, let's infiltrate the Bible colleges with our agenda and we'll do it in the name of Christianity. And people will believe us and they'll say, oh, you're just being too harsh. God is a God of extreme grace. You know, don't, don't mention those subjects. You know, that's irrelevant. We've moved beyond that now. Some of the things in the Bible, they're just antiquated. No, actually the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. So no, 
God is not irrelevant. No, the word of God is not irrelevant. No, nothing has changed. In fact, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. So just because you have this liberal theology where you think all of a sudden we're to redefine all these things, no, that's a lie. And any pastor that's going along that, he's a lie. She's a lie. It's the truth that sets the captive free, not to be conformed to the things of this world. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, be ye not conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that look like? That means being set free of our bondages. That means repenting of sin and unrighteousness in our life, turning from our wickedness, asking the Holy Spirit of the living God to come and live inside of us. I'm ashamed to see some of the pastors out there that are, that are so weak. And a lot of you guys, you know better. You know because that's why you became a pastor. You wanted at one point to stand for righteousness. It's time to reconnect with our first love, Jesus Christ. It's time to, to not be ashamed of the gospel, but instead to stand boldly. God will empower us. He will give us the strength we need. He is the wind beneath our wings. He will give us everything and more that we need for this hour. He will equip us to stand boldly. What does the Bible talk about when Paul spoke? He said he spoke boldly. He spoke boldly. That's what we need to do. Now, we're not doing it in a manner that hurts or offends people. We're not being mean or hitting people over the head with the Bible or the gospel. That's not what we're out here to do. We're to show love, the ultimate form of love. God so loved the world. And that's the truth is, is that we love people enough. I love you enough to stand for the truth despite the flack that comes against me in my life. Pray for us. Pray for us. We need your prayers. This is a tough battle. My whole family has to walk through this together with me. It's very hard. It's very hard, but we're believing that God is righteous and he's holy and he's sovereign. He's going to take care of our needs according to his riches and glory. He's going to do the same for you, saint of God, that has made the decision to be bold and unafraid, that's made the decision, a very difficult decision, but the most important decision next to our salvation, which is to stand, to stand for righteousness in this hour. Thank you for listening to today's Remnant Godcast. We love you. We bless you. You can find information about us, toddcoconado.com. It'll link to some of the things that we're doing. T-O-D-D-C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O, like NATO, coconado.com. We love you and we bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in to today's Remnant Godcast. <laughs>